0: Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome in to another fantasy stock exchange video. Today, we'll be talking about running backs 17 through 24. Guys, before we kick it off, I have something I want to reveal. Just fucking kidding with the intro. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which
1: gives me joy?
0: (laughs) Running back rankings?
2: So like Tether said these are running back 17 through 24. If you go to the link down below, you can see our whole running back rankings. Um, this it's a landing page. All you gotta do is put in an email with that email getting in just like the last episode. If you've already done it for the last episodes, just re-put it in. So you won't you won't be able to see them. But if you haven't, do that down below and you'll be able to see all of our rankings um and then more exclusive content and discount codes, etc cetera. So to start it right off. We got Mr. Lenny Volume, Leonard Fournette, um, all the way down here at 17. Here. But I think it might be way too high, but it also might be way too low. So last year he finishes the RB6 while getting 100 targets. That's basically all you need to know for Leonard Fournette last year. He was not good last year, or the Jaguars weren't good. I don't really know. But it's not a good situation. They signed Chris Thompson, so ultimately you have to drop him down because he's not going to be getting 100 targets again. Shouldn't alls probably going to eat into his targets Hopefully they just trade him and Raquel Armstead takes over as the RB1 there. But um, do you guys have him ranked here strictly due to volume or do you think there's somewhat of a bounce back for him?
1: I mean, uh, having him here in regards just kind of shows like the drop-off we assume is going to happen between last year and this year. If you guys haven't checked it out, I actually uh, did the stock, stock of the day stock down on him a couple weeks ago from when this is going to be uh, put up, maybe three weeks ahead. But uh, anyways, yeah, the Stockdown video will basically highlight my own thoughts on him. Uh, the Chris Thompson signing to me is very huge as under Jay Gruden, Thompson was a very uh, efficient and productive receiver out of the backfield. And quite simply, if you like, again, all the stats are going to be broken down on him in that video. But if you actually look at the, what he was able to produce on such mass volume last year, he just wasn't efficient. He didn't show any, uh, any real talent when he actually had the ball in his hands. And people are going to point at his touchdown numbers, this, that. At the end of the day. That offense isn't going to be good. So how are you just going to magically say, oh, he's going to score five more touchdowns than he did last year? Like, where are you getting these numbers from? That offense is going to suck. So, uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Going back to Jay Gruden's Cincinnati days, he's always used a third a third down back. So I think there's no chance in hell that Leonard Fournette sniffs probably 70 targets even. I, I don't think there's a chance he gets anywhere near that. Um, to me, Leonard Fournette, like you said, he's strictly a volume play. I have him at exactly at 17 where we have him consensus. And I think, like, I mean, he's fine, I guess, but I think he's also going to go higher than uh, I'm willing to pick him because people might assume that he's going to still be the same kind of Leonard Fournette he's been his entire career so far, and I'm guessing that'll make him like a mid-third round pick, which I'm not on board with. I'd rather take, like, I'd rather him be in the range of more guys like Le'Veon Bell and stuff like
0: that before I look for him. Agree with that? Yeah, and it's like, I mean, the guy—oh well, shit! I mean, he played what all 16 games last year. I mean, yeah. that, that's something we, well, you know, seven, he didn't play week 17, but I, I don't know how much that was to injury or just didn't really want to play, whatever. So he played what? Fi- so 15 games. He played 15 games. That is something uh, we haven't seen yet from him. Uh, clean season, which that that caters into it. The fact that their only other running back that they had was well Armstead, who was a rookie who I don't know if they even really trusted in him. So, so I don't know if I can see this repeated production because I really just think the offense um, is going to be playing from behind so much because of how bad the defense is. that it's just going to be a pass system, and I don't see him getting that many targets as i here.
2: Yeah, his TD rate was 0.8%, which is like out of the top, I think 65 running backs, like 64, next to, ahead of someone that didn't score a touchdown. So that's about all you need to know for him. But in terms of his red zone opportunities, like, his red zone touches per opportunity, like total opportunity, he was above average. So that's just to show that if it's him that didn't convert or just the team, I don't really know. I don't, I don't think getting Jay Gruden and making your defense worse, worse helps your red zone touch efficiency. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But ultimately, I feel like it's just a – if you get him in the fourth round, probably a good pick. But besides that, I would probably just stay away and pivot somewhere else like the wide receiver or tight end in round three. Next up, Melvin Gordon. Um, so he's kind of hard for me to rank or sort of view how I think it's going to happen. Um, I'm trying Not to think who, me, who no. has him the highest. I do, by a lot, I think. I,
1: I have him the highest. What do you mean? Oh, do uh, you? 15. Right, to break it down, Danny, then. You can give your thoughts. Uh, when I when I look at Melvin Gordon, I mean, I just feel like the aspect of, oh, he's going to the Broncos, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, that factor is really taken uh, out of proportion, in my opinion, because when we see Melvin Gordon on the field, He's a good back. He's great on the goal line, which is what the Broncos really need uh, out of him. And uh, when you're looking at Pat Shermer, like he's had uh, backs that are able to catch the ball. Like Saquon Barkley was able to catch the ball. Uh, and Melvin Gordon, to me, like people want to just give the, the receiving role to Philip Lindsay because he's small. Melvin Gordon's by far the more superior back in terms of uh, being able to catch the ball. So when I'm looking at it, uh, I'm a, like, obviously there's a bit of committee, which is why you're getting a discount from normal years. But in terms of a talent and in terms of the situation, that offensive line is going to be improved. That team in general, that offense is going to be efficient. And uh, when I'm looking at Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's stepping into a situation where even if he gets like 15 touches a game, I expect him to be at the very minimum a high-end RB2, which is where I have him ranked.
3: Yeah, I, I love Melvin Gordon. Like, he is a huge target of mine. I – Okay, so first of all, let's break down the situation. They brought him in two years, 16 mil. Was anyone, sh- like, w- was, I was shocked when the Broncos signed him. I didn't think there yeah, was, like, maybe I, I thought was they'd shocked. add someone, but, like, not Melvin Gordon had, like, or, like, a, a big-name free agent or high-draft yeah. pick or anything. So his his contract is nearly fully guaranteed. So, and that's despite them having Freeman and Lindsay, who we all kind of assumed would be, like, a a formidable, like, rushing tandem. So... Gordon, to me, he, they, the coaching staff, the front office, obviously believes in him. They weren't there when Lindsey and, and Freeman were picked. So, well, I guess the front office was, but the coaching staff was not. Um, Gordon should uh, absorb pretty much all of uh, Freeman's red zone carries, which was about a 50-50 split with Philip Lindsey. It was 24 red zone carries, 13 inside the 10 zone, five goal line carries. And then he he probably will also vulture some of Philip Lindsey's share away. And then Lindsey... Uh, like Danny said, he ranked amongst the league worst as a pass catcher, despite being a small running back. Like you kind of just assume he's going to be a good pass catcher because of his stature and the way he runs the ball. you would be like, oh yeah, get him out in space. Like, no, he was horrible as a pass catcher. He dropped the ball constantly. He didn't look very natural running the ball or uh, catching the ball. And uh, this is a stat that I heard on the fantasy footballers. 93% of the time an RB gets 250 plus touches and six touchdowns. They finish top 15. Like, I, I, that's a lock for Gordon, for me. 250-plus touches. I think he's going to get 60 targets and, like,
0: 200 carries easily.
1: Like, well, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a fringe top 10 back this year.
3: And,
0: and to all, honestly, bounce, To bounce with the inefficiencies of uh, Lindsey's pass catching, they still went 48 targets with him. Uh, I mean, he, he got 35, so, you know, it's still a shit ton of drops uh, or just four passes, but either way. He dropped way, the that's ball, like, seven times. That's, yeah, it's yeah. that's 48 targets to a guy who's dropping the ball. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that was scattered out I don't know, like when he was dropping it. But that's still a lot of targets. They were clearly interested in going to the running back at least a good amount of times. That's, a, that's a And help. Freeman had more targets than him too. So
3: Gordon likely eats – like Freeman's pretty much irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Lucas is the Broncos fan. Maybe he could educate us further. I don't think Freeman's like a lock to make the team. No. To be honest.
2: No. I mean, yeah, I think the way you kind of have to look at it is, is Lindsay had 18 opportunity in the game. Uh, Freeman had 12, and I think Booker was right around eight. Booker's gone, so it's eight vacated opportunities a game. I think Freeman, like I don't want to say he's toast because it'd be dumb to cut him or trade him. I mean, like unless yeah. you get like a third or fourth round pick, like just hold on to him. Even,
1: even a, if you gave him, sorry, third. I was gonna say even if you gave him like Booker's role and then kind of dis uh, disperse the the
2: opportunities between Gordon and Lindsey, I wouldn't even be shocked. Yeah. About well, that. they don't they don't need to give anyone Booker's role because that was just pass blocking. And now it's gonna be Melvin Gordon. So I think the way okay. you can Hopefully for C, Gordon is taking the, the 18 to 20 opportunities a game and Lindsay's sitting right around 15 to 14, which last year – not sorry, two years ago when he was a top, I think, 15 fantasy running back, that's what he was getting. The last year we saw Royce Freeman just completely whatever the hell happened and Lindsay had to take more work. Lindsay's not a running back that you give a lot of work. The same thing happened with Cohen, I think. Cohen had a little amount of touches and he's very, very explosive. I think they tried to give him more work and you just see – I mean, it's easy to tackle a five foot nine scat back if he's getting the ball 20 times. But if he's getting it 10 times in creative situations, it's harder to do that. So, I think if they're smart, they're not going to get rid of Lindsey. He just ran for back-to-back 1,000.
3: No, no, obviously not. So he's still gonna be uh, there.
2: They're going to use them both somehow. Um, I don't really know how exactly. I don't know who's going to be the – like, if they're even going to use a red zone back, because that, that would be I,
3: – I, I personally think that that Gordon's going to get the two most important things in the offense, like the lion's share of it. Obviously, they're both going to get goal line work because Lindsey is efficient on the goal line despite his size. But Gor- let's not forget, Gordon for a while was only good for goal line work. Like, he was so inefficient on the ground in his early days in San Diego that he – like, he was sh- – like, all he was good for was touchdowns. So, and Lindsey can't uh... receive the ball, like I said. Another thing that I wanted to point out, too, is we're all kind of – I've actually heard people do this. They're just kind of dismissing the fact that Zeke Elliott was like, oh, he was coming back from holdout. That's why he was inefficient. How come no one's saying that about Melvin Gordon? Because if Melvin Gordon was there, like, at the start of camp, like, Austin Neckler might not be a a top, like, 10 running back right now.
1: Melvin Gordon wasn't even bad last year when he played two. People we were just uh, going with the narrative. And
3: he narrative, came like, mid-season, he unlike Zeke, who came in before the season.
0: Well, yeah, I mean – So – I mean, to kind of explain the, the negative, I guess, side of why I'm concerned, right? So I think I have a 19. Um, I think that's just solely based off the fact that I think Lindsey is an invisible in this offense. I don't think he disappears. And no, I, nor do. I don't he think so. He doesn't need either. to, though. I
3: just well, I I think, think Gordon's the back, back to own, so, in terms of so, fantasy uh, and volume-wise, and the two uh, most important uh, types of volume.
0: So Royce Freeman, 50, around 50 targets, uh, Lindsey, 48. Uh, that, so what you're looking at there, is an insufficient receiving core and now they add Hamler, uh Judy and I like Tyree Cleveland, not enough for him to be fast relevant, but I think he'll get targets. Um I I just don't know if the, the receiving volume will be there for to support two guys. Uh and I don't really Well, I mean neither guy was efficient last year though, so you could so maybe make the chicken
3: or the egg debate that they didn't throw to him because they weren't being efficient with their targets. And also I, you, you said they added receiving weapons. Like the offense will probably be good, right? Yeah. Like so. Gordon's going to cool. get
0: most of the goal line work. Targets, I would I assume, can only go to so many people.
3: No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not saying I don't expect him to get like, like 90 oh. targets, like he would of his heyday, even, and say, even
1: if he had it. like 65, 70 targets, yeah, I like. think he's
3: gonna get a healthy receiving workload, and I think he'll be by mm-hmm. far the most um, receiving relevant running back on the team. Yeah,
1: like if he's yeah. able to give me uh 65, 70 targets, he's probably gonna rush for between six or have like six to nine total touchdowns, let's say, and uh, if if you're combining those, he's most likely gonna reach about the 250 touch plateau, like Corey said. If he's hitting those numbers, I think he honestly, again, has top 10 type upside if he's able to hit. Lindsay doesn't have to be phased out for Gorin to be a hit. I feel like that offense is just going to be overall, like, efficient enough to support both of them.
2: Yeah. All, right. All right. All right. And I think the one thing with him is, too, that no one – no one is going to be bought in that he is a top RB1. So, his, I think his ADP is going to – Stay relatively where it's at. Maybe he moves. I'm I'm
3: fine with if he's yeah. my third yeah. running back or whatever. Like I'm cool. I'm hundred percent cool with that. For
1: sure. Even if you you load up on like top receivers, you're able to snag him in like the fifth as your RB two. Like, yeah, he's going like he's enough.
3: going a bit higher than that. He's like a late, like a very like last pick of the third round. I think is where he's going. Yeah, he'll probably oh, be right fourth round then.
2: I would imagine yeah. uh, come June. Alrighty. Next up is Le'Veon Bell. um as you can see here, besides, that, I think Gordon is a very good trend, or you will see, of just volume plays. That's kind of how it works out with rankings usually. So, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he's going to get – well, he had 21 opportunities a game last year. They signed Frank Gore. You don't sign a 37-year-old to not give him touches. So, give Gore five to six touches a game relatively, you could say. So, at least Le'Veon Bell, I'd say right around – I don't want to – I would say 18. My guess is he had get 18 opportunities a game, whether that's in the receiving game or in the running game, we don't know. Either way, it's still going to get him, I think. I think he's a lock for top 24 if he plays 15 games, just due to the volume anyways. Um, take that with what you will and how you do your draft strategy because I know there's many ways you can, you can look at Bell and be like that's a terrible pick, but someone can look at him and be like, I just got an RB2 in the fourth round locked. So, I don't know, like, what is there really to say about Le'Veon Bell, like, besides maybe the offense gets better, but to me, I don't think the offense really gets much better. Yeah. Um so i don't really know what other analysis to me
3: he's the guy that gets you fifth place in your fantasy league i I don't really want anything to do with Le'Veon bell i think if he falls to like the fifth sixth round and he's like my rb4 maybe like i i to me he just doesn't have any upside like the jets don't throw to their running backs they're among the league worst in it they also never have a lot of goal or red zone opportunities targets or uh carries wise so plus i i don't think the coaching staff wants to give Le'Veon bell all this work like it seems like they're doing everything in their power to get away from giving Le'Veon Bell the ball. When someone's inefficient like that, how could you not? Like he wasn't efficient with his touches. Obviously his offensive line wasn't good, but either way, they they still, they go out and sign Frank Gore, who's basically death to anyone who's in the backfield with him. He'll probably get way more touches than we're anticipating.
1: Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, he's, He's just kind of, I don't want to say meh, but uh, that's basically what I think of when I think of uh, New York Jets, Le'Veon Bell. Like, We're not talking about uh, 2015 Steelers, Le'Veon Bell, where it was easily the RB1 over a four-year stretch. We're talking about the New York Jets, Le'Veon Bell, who just showed how inefficient he was last year, whose situation didn't improve much over the offseason. He's probably going to be in that RB18, RB22 uh, maybe RB 15, RB 22 type range on the season. But just in general, he doesn't present any real upside to me, in my opinion. Like we, you, you don't, you're not getting that late RB one, early RB two type up, type upside with him. But at the same time, he's, you know, he's going to finish in that range. I don't know. He's just some guy that uh, I, I personally would stay away from simply because when I'm looking for those guys and uh, to be my RB two, to be my RB three, I'm looking for more upside than Bell is presenting because, again, as Corey mentioned, I'm not in it to play uh, play for fourth, fifth place. I'm hit, I'm here to hit on uh, those mid round running backs, and to me, Le'Veon Bell is just not a guy you're going to absolutely hit a home run with.
0: I don't think you need to. Uh, if, if he's your third running back and he's comfortably sitting in your flex spot, putting up ten points a week, is that not what you want? Is that not what produces wins? I it, mean, we it just depends.
2: Not, well, not not where I, like.
3: It's not about the running backs that where he's going to be picked. It's about the receivers that you're going to pick Le'Veon yeah. Bell over guys that could be league winning receivers. To me, at least, like, because, because the Le'Veon Bell backs Bell's in called... his range are all kind of similar. Like the guys we're about to talk about here, yeah. well, they're yeah, all they're if... all volume hogs. They're not none of them are really like league winner types. But like some of the receivers in that range, like I would take Terry McLaurin ten times out of ten over yeah, Le'Veon Bell
0: easily. Yeah, but at, at the same time, I think the the risk for reward of that is yeah, you could. You could finish ridiculously high. Terrifically, mean, Lauren could be a top twelve wide receiver, or that offense could implode. And that's he, how I play fantasy, though I don't play fantasy
3: to come in fifth eight. place. Yeah, but yeah. I don't
0: play. I don't play fantasy to come in eighth. So I, I'd rather I would, come. I'd, in I'd rather finish. Ra- like
3: I'd rather yeah. lose and try to win, like it all, like by taking uh high upside players,
2: than lose
3: because I picked bad players. Yeah. I, I
2: have, a, for I have the ADP. we like, we don't have to, like, say yes. I mean, like, I'm just gonna, like, say the ADP. So, like. I think what you're trying to, like, say, Tyler, is kind of how I play. It's so like, yes, you're. It's, it's a good pick. Like I said, it's a good pick because you're getting locked in volume. It's safe. But what Bush is trying to say, I think, is, like, too, Like I mean, I, I, I'm a big, like, you have to make it to the playoffs to get in the playoffs. Okay, Le'Veon Bell, But it's all luck once you're in the playoffs. Like, I started Andy Dalton, Ryan, or, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in my championship last year and won in the fantasy league because I just picked him up off waivers for the championship. So, like, I think what Bush is trying to say is like he would rather take the chance of upside because if he hits the upside, he's guaranteed to win. Versus Le'Veon Bell, like what realistic upside maybe does he have besides scoring? His 50. upside's
3: like RB fourteen to me. Like he like he's not finishing much better than that. And to me, in home leagues and like leagues that most of the people listening are probably into, he's going to go way higher than his ADP because he's a huge name.
2: So yeah, yeah, for I might sure. okay. be able
3: to flip him for because he's a huge name. But like to me. He was like, I remember last year, all year, he was, oh, he's a trade target because his schedule's easy. His schedule's easy. Well, guess what? He didn't do shit against an easy schedule.
1: Well, it's easy to say, oh, this guy has an easy schedule, but you have to keep in mind the defense that are playing him are probably looking at it. Oh, that's an easy schedule. Like (laughs) anybody, any defense wants to play against the Jets. Plus like their
3: offense got like (laughs) kind of better, I guess. Like, like they added a a left tackle who was raw, could be bad his rookie year. And they didn't really add anything else of relevance on their offensive line. They lost their best fucking receiver, who I think Rashad Perriman's kind of a trade off. But like the offense to me is still relatively the same as it was last year. Yeah, Only the now they have an an extra year with Adam Gase to know how shitty of a coach he is. Yeah. yeah so the
2: ADPs, um, I'm not gonna like. Okay, so Le'Veon Bell is going like at 38, like to pick RB 20. Oh. So after him is David Johnson, Cooper Cup, Judy yeah. Smith, James oh, Connor. No,
0: just, just look at running. There's back. no way I'm taking him over it's, Cooper. Cupp. Well,
2: but like, okay, just so just running back. So David yeah. Johnson.
0: At, at the same time, the reason the yeah. reason I take him over back. David Johnson, I think. Yeah, but you need you need yeah. running back depth, right? Like, I would much rather have. Bell I don't pick board. running backs in this range I, for this reason, though.
1: I I would take Cooper Cup and Sony Michelle over Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know. What
0: yeah, but it's it's a, a, team, a team layout. Receiver. It's, it's a team layout. Like if you're sitting comfortable with. With one running back and you've got wide well, Okay, would them. you
3: rather have Christian Kirk and Le'Veon Bell, or would you rather have uh, Cooper Cup and and Sony Michelle or Ronald Jones
1: or Those James White? Or the like. Cooper Cup side.
0: Why would I want Kirk? Kirk's, Kirk's like a fucking.
1: Okay, uh, we'll, 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 I don't well, He's know. like an
3: eighth round pick, which is where you would get Michelle or, or Jones like, or you're James White. Players,
0: like, like what the fuck. Well, put,
1: some, just, put someone else random in there. Uh, either
3: either way, to me, this Darius, is why I don't coming back to this because they always have questions or they don't have upside.
0: Well, you want to go with upside, so Darius Slayton and Love Bell or Terry McLaurin and Sony Michelle.
3: Terry McLaurin is Terry the McLaurin most proven Tony asset Michelle. by far. There,
0: I just I I don't know if I can get behind the Redskins. Like I get it, Dwayne Haskins before I get it, he was productive last year. But I don't know. I, I just, I don't see that offense. Being Man, he
3: thing. did shit that no other receiver has ever done his rookie year.
0: All right. I mean, I'm just saying I'm someone who's he,
3: he, We'll out. talk about Terry McLaurin later, but to me, like Le'Veon Bell and like the guy we're about to talk about next too, to me, like actually the next like three guys we're about to talk yeah, about. They just don't really have any upside to me.
2: Yeah. All right. They're safe volume up.
3: plays. Yeah. Like it, I understand what you're saying. If they're that your RB three or whatever then they're probably fine like if they're your flex guy or whatever but to me i had much i use my flex spots for for upside i don't use them for safety i get safety from my my rb1 and my rb2 and then maybe even my quarterback or my tight end um my running or my flex spots are for guys like like robbie anderson a couple years ago like will fuller when he's actually on the field like guys that can actually get me like Deshaun jackson in week one like whoever, like guys that can get me weak winning type uh, numbers. If they bust, it, they're my flex, they're not in my starting lineup. I'd rather uh, –
1: like I would rather take chances on these running backs that are going in this range because I'd rather take, uh, for example, Raheem Moser. He's not as safe as the Le'Veon Bell, and he might go just a little bit after that range. But I feel like the upside there would be much higher than I'm getting with the Le'Veon Bell. And if he – like he's got a real bust factor. Like I'm not saying that he's not a risk but I'd rather take the chance on a top 10 upside at that spot rather than just take the safe RB 15, RB 22, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can, you can slice it really any way for each pick, each round, how you would do your draft. Um, we'll we'll cover draft strategy as we move along this summer. So next up, we have sure. a very wide range on this player and Chris Carson. So we range all the way from 18 to 30. Um, so I'll let I'll let Bush go first as to why thirty, and then Tyler, you can go for eighteen. Yeah, because
0: Tyler's rankings need to be updated. <laughs> yeah, oh, so to me, it's two
3: main reasons why I have not at thirty. One, they signed Carlos Hyde, who like isn't he like better than Chris Carson? Which yeah, in my much opinion, better. He might be like like he's not better than Chris Carlos Carson. Carlos Hyde's a yeah, good running is. back. Like, had they signed fucking not- Sean McCoy, like I'd probably be, or Marshawn Lynch or something. Like, those guys are washed. Like like Carlos Hyde was a thousand yard rusher last year and he can actually stay on the field unlike Chris Carson and he doesn't fumble the ball all the time. Like Chris Carson, them signing Carlos Hyde to me means that Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are both not healthy. So I, I kind of just need more information on this situation. If Chris Carson's like hundred percent healthy, I'll move him up a little bit. But to me, I don't want anything to do with them because I think it's going to be, I like, I have no idea how the time, like how the timeshare is going to work out.
1: Uh, I just want to touch up upon that. Carlos Hyde's a solid uh, rotational back, in my opinion. Like, he could give like, – heck, even so with is Chris Texans Carson. year. I, I was just going to get into it. But uh, Carlos Hyde, like, if you need him to start a pinch like the Texans did last year, he was fine. Chris Carson, to me, is so, so much more talented as a runner between Why the tackles. Why do you say that, though? Because, I mean, you just watch them play. Like, Chris Carson – I freaking, watched him
3: fumble seven times last year.
1: The fumbling is a concern, but I'm saying like as – I watched him get
3: injured every time too. He's good when he's on the field, but so is Darius. It doesn't
2: matter matter who's more talented. Every single running back they attempt to offer means it hurts Chris Carson and uh, Rashad Penny. Rashad, they literally said a month ago, Penny's not playing week one. And then they drafted drafted DJ Dallas. Travis Homer's still there who got 10 carries in the playoff game. The playoff game.
3: They tried to bring back Lynch who's washed.
2: And then they go sign Carlos Hyde, who is Chris Carson, but doesn't fumble. Who was also a thousand yard rusher last year. I and don't he stays know if Chris Carson was. He stays healthy, and he was like a top ten PPR running back for like three seasons in a row. So, I think so like at what point do we buy into they don't give a shit who their starting running back is? They're just gonna run the damn ball and go to the playoffs like they do every single year, and they could care less they have a workforce. because I think they made that obvious last year when guys like Jacob Hollister was in the backfield, like DJ, no, not DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. They signed Marshawn Lynch for a playoff game because they don't care who the running back is. They just don't want anyone – like, they just need depth. So, I think, like – I mean, I know Tyler said he didn't update it. Like, um, same, different – I think mean, he would have been right around here in our consensus anyways. Yeah. But, like
1: uh, – Where would you be if you updated it, do you think, Tyler?
0: Yeah, so, I just updated it, actually. Is that 27 for me? Uh, behind yeah. guys uh, named Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Swift, uh, David Montgomery, Mostert, like guys like that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, what does it act like you didn't do it mid one or whatever? We'll keep the same uh, top 24. So I think, yeah, like he's going to be in a committee like he is because they have 20 million running backs. so They don't really care who's there. So I think really like what value – because, I mean, every single year there's always the, the training – like he won the training camp battle against Penny, the guy that drafted him in the first round. That doesn't happen. You don't draft a guy in the first round when you have other team needs and then let some undrafted guy win the job. Like, that That doesn't happen if you really value the running back position, like the guy you just took in the first round. We saw this last year when Penny came back. Penny was the starter. He was getting more touches a the game, then he got hurt. So I think it's just kind of a don't draft situation because you're going to be disappointed either way. To me
3: I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into carlos Hyde right now to be honest
2: i, I don't think really any it'll be them. a late I'm round
3: gonna... pick though i'd much rather have yeah. him at his adp than carson at his
2: for sure i think
1: if once carson is okay right now we don't know about the health so i wouldn't touch them regardless but if we're getting down later to the stretch you're about to have your redraft draft uh i didn't mean to say redraft draft like that uh but once you're getting closer and you know, okay, Chris Carson's going to be able to start the season. He's going to be healthy. Then I'll be willing to take the shot just simply because I believe in him as a running back. Like he's shown, he's been able to get the workload when he doesn't fumble. Uh, yeah, obviously, he the injuries are all concern all the
3: time, and he can't stay healthy. Like I, I honestly don't see like really any upside with him because I think
1: the well, best case top scenario is that they year. split
3: touches like pretty evenly.
1: Well, I mean, he was a top ten back last year, and he's in still one of the most run heavy offenses in the league.
3: Yes, but Carlos Hyde might be just straight up more talented than he is.
0: No, like he's not if more he was talented. by
3: far and away the most talented running back in his backfield. and he'd have fumbling concerns, and he didn't get injured all the time. Then maybe I'd buy in, but like, like the, he's the, more
1: talented the, than Hyde. There's so Come many on.
3: concerns with Carson. I don't think so, dude. Like, <laughs> Carson's never rushed for a thousand yards. Hyde's done it like three of the past four years.
1: Yeah, but it's solely based on workload, when you're looking at Carson, the okay, reason why but he you got to stay per- healthy to get a workload. Yeah, but and that's what I mean when when on a per game basis, when okay, on a you per game basis, that. Will Fuller might be
3: a top five receiver in the league. I,
1: I get that, but you're saying in terms of overall talent, when Carson is healthy, he produces.
3: Okay, that might be true, but I don't want anything uh, to I, do with him in the fifth, I'd, sixth round
1: I'd, where he's gonna go. I get that, but there's a difference between hire may be more reliable because of the health, because of the non fumbling. But in terms of just a straight talent, Carson's more talented.
2: Yeah, but all they like I just pointed out, all they care about is reliability. They brought Marshawn Lynch out of the out of the skittle van for the playoffs because they needed a running back that's going to be safe.
1: No, no, no doubt. I'm obviously from a real life perspective. Two hundred
2: eighty pounds in a skittle van because they just needed someone to block Russell Wilson. It's true. Like Travis Homer got carries in the playoffs because he didn't fumble the ball and get injured. They could That's have signed gross. any running back. They could have traded for any running back. And they got Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch in the most important game of the season. So like they don't like, I got, they,
3: like Yeah, I, like yes, Carson's more talent like probably more talented than Hyde, but like his talent doesn't mean anything because he like he he's hurt. consistently finds ways to get off the field.
2: Yeah. All right. I mean he could next up. Yeah, Russell. All right, does just go uh, James on Connor. James Connor. So I am a lot higher than you guys on uh, and
1: I was about to mention, I'm going to I'm raise him to too after this.
2: So I get that um, he has the injury concerns, but if you're going to say that you can't make rank, like if you, once you buy into the no injury ranking, like the way I look at it is you can't say I have him low cause of injury. Then you have Todd Gurley high. Then you have Dalvin cook high. Like you, you can't interact yourself with it. So I look at it as James Conner was hurt last year. Yes. I mean, just based off like what he's posting on social media. I know it's not much, but he looks much healthier. I don't know like if that's gonna. So yeah, I, mean, yeah. Not, I might not mean that like he's a better running back or anything, but I think that if he stays healthy, even for 13 games in the Steelers' offense, which I'm believing in Big Ben, because he wouldn't come out of retirement—not retirement—he wouldn't come back from what just happened, the injury, just had, to not be good. Like they, they would have drafted someone if he really was injured. They would have. He would have not yeah, come Mason back. Game. Yeah, Mason Flathead. Rudolph. They went 9-7 and while having a guy named Duck as their quarterback. So, I'm buying into the Steelers offense because if Big Ben plays, if Connor is the back, like, he's going to be a top 15 running back. I get he could be injured. But, like I said, if you're making rankings, taking into injury risk or a percentage, then Todd Gurley has to move down a lot because, I mean, he's one of the more injury-prone guys out of the two. Dalvin Cook has to go down. Evan Ingram, list goes on and on. Leonard Fournette because he has – long injury concerns i'm just buying into you're describing my rankings then i guess if you do that keep like i do that consistent then so i just i think i really like james Conner. obviously like i'm not going to take him as the rb 16 off the boards so i don't think he's going to be going that high maybe come june or or august not june but i think that he's gonna be really good value come uh draft day
1: yeah i was gonna touch up upon that uh i currently have him ranked here 26 but Uh, Again, I'm going to shuffle these rankings. He's most likely going to be in the top 22, 23 range for me. Uh, You're looking at it. The main concern with him obviously is the injury concerns, but obviously you can make that with Chris Carson, make that with other backs. But when Connor's on the field, that system is perfect for the way he plays. He's going to be efficient on the ground game. And in general, last time we saw him fully healthy, uh, obviously it was 2018, but he was able to do something in the receiving game as well. He really showed to be a productive back. Again, the only oh, thing that's man. really been holding him back throughout his career is the injury concerns. And the main thing we were worried about this offseason was, oh, they're going to draft the back. They're going to draft the back. They're going to draft they the back. Did. They drafted they, – uh, let me get into that, though. They didn't draft your Jonathan Taylor, your Clyde
0: Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, they drafted uh, the guy who's going to th- take away all his receiving work.
1: Uh, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case. Yeah, because
0: like, I mean, he's not taking Connors' receiving work. He's taking Samuels. Yeah, yeah what,
3: but Samuel took Connors before.
0: Yeah, I know, so – Welcome to the steal. See, here's the thing. Benny Snell had 108 uh, carries last year.
2: Yeah, because he got hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. How many
2: carries per game did he have in the ones that James Conlon yeah, Daniels
0: did? had 66. I'm just saying, like, this is not a single-back offense. Go to the
2: go to season when he was a top-five fantasy running back, when he was played the whole 16 games.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's a different team. Yeah, that's like that's like, an older Big Ben. That's an A-B list. Like, I, I'm not – I'm not backing James Conner at all. Like, I just don't get it.
2: It's not. They it's not a con- back.
0: If they felt they believed in James Conner, they wouldn't have added another running back.
2: A change of pace scat back. That's like five, yeah. eight, never had a full workload. Yeah, I,
3: I don't think it's a committee either. I, I think Conner's going to get, I have him at 21. I feel like I'm, I sound yeah. like I'm down on him, but I'm at 21 because I think he gets the majority of the rushing work. I just don't think he has much receiving upside. I think. McFarlane, Samuels, whoever else is there. I, I don't think they want to give Connor the receiving work because he's not really been efficient in that regard. But He was I mean, pretty I good in 2018. Same, same category for me as Le'Veon Bell. He's basically just a guy that'll probably get you solid points when he's healthy. But, again, the health part is the reason I have him below guys like Bell mm-hmm. and, and, um, and Gordon and guys like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Because in 2018, he wasn't even bad with the receiving work he got. Maybe he doesn't get that much volume. But uh, Look he's still going to be involved. They're not going to completely phase him out. In 2019, he was hurt last year. He dealt with Duck Hodges at quarterback. Like, like, that team on mean, offense was a mess.
0: Their offensive line lost some pieces, too. Yeah, it, it, it didn't get better. I mean, it's, it's, they're going to be running. It's a run team. I don't believe in Big Ben this year. I think it's a run based team. But I think it's clear committee. They brought in McFarlane. He's not going to knock it touches. Benny Snell will downgrade at least a little bit in the temps he's gonna take some I'm work. a starter but he's still gonna take work jalen samuel's still gonna take work i i just don't i don't back connor being efficient enough to make up for it and provide you with rb2 numbers i mean so i have him well into the rb3s for me at what 30
2: yeah yeah so if he had so james connor last year 3.9 targets per game times 16 that's 64 targets yeah. That's what you said you wanted Joe Mixon to get, and they're in a much better offense.
0: Yeah, but they just brought in Anthony McFarlane.
2: Yeah, to replace Jalen Samuels, like you just said.
0: Yeah. It's not just but Jalen Samuels is still there. Like did you
2: did you take into the like did you look at the games where James Connor was healthy? How many touches Snell and Samuels had?
0: Oh, <laughs> because you
2: because you didn't, because you can't just say that he was a committee without actually looking because it was not a committee.
0: Well why would, then why was he on the field for like of the snaps. He's hurt.
2: Really? Was Uh, he hurt week two
0: when he had 64%? Was he hurt week one when he had 46? Like
2: like what? They were also losing by like 80 week one to the Patriots.
0: How about the Chargers? 50, like, I mean, 64% to Cincinnati. Like, he killed the Chargers. You
1: don't – first of all, a typical – I don't want to say bell cow, but a typical lead back nowadays, you're you're just looking for 58 plus 60% uh because no, there's no true workforces aside to from maybe 70. five, six guys in the league. I want, I want you to seventy that's how you know that's you're how you know not you're often. not gonna get that at this range when you're taking these backs at ADP. Lev just bell. Bell. We just talked about him. Yeah, and love bell is gonna give you no efficiency upside, whereas James Connor at, Connor at least is gonna to be efficient be honest, in that percentage.
3: I don't know. Where? To me, Connor's Connor's an interesting case because there's some people that are really high on James Connor. Like I've seen some people out there that are like they think he's gonna be like a league winner. Like I I might, I might get, like, a share of him depending on how early he goes. I'm, I'm not adamantly opposed James Conner. I think Lucas has a point. I think he does command some, like, a decent share of volume when he's on the field. My, like, obviously, you don't want to rely on a guy that's an injury risk, but I think, base, like, his, his touch baseline pretty much warrants it when he's on the field. But, I, again, I don't – he's not a target of mine. I'll, I'll yeah. just, like, the so, team's
0: offense is just wait, not- Tyler,
2: what was the snap share percentage number you wanted? What do you mean? Like you said, you said a threshold of Snapshare. What was that number again?
0: I want them in the seventies.
2: Yeah, so that was like eight less than Joe Mixon, your RB four. So I'm just saying.
0: It's it's a pass based off. It, I'm just saying, like
2: I know. This, I this I is an the,
0: offense where like if you're yeah. not the running back on the field, there's another running back on the field. Where Cincinnati's like, yeah, we're just gonna send five receiver sets out there. Like that that's just I, no I mean, problem.
2: I guess I'm like I like I said, I'm just buying into like Big Ben would not come back. From that bad of an injury where he didn't even start working out till like two months ago, if he was not ready to play, if they weren't ready to win, the team went nine and seven with Duck Hodges. The team is good, they're going to be in the red zone a lot, they're going to be scoring a lot. When they were back
0: back here, they were sitting at 32nd in red zone percentage because they had fucking Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges,
2: yeah. Like, that's why. Like, when you go, if you look back to when Big Ben played, they were good. I get that Antonio Brown's gone, but I think. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool can make some yeah. something of that. Juju's back in the slot where he dominated two years ago. The O line is yes, they lost pieces, but it's still an above-average offensive line, and the defense is scary good. Like, like really, yeah, like, The defense three. is like
3: like elite. So,
2: so like I, I I get where you could have him at thirty because ultimately he could get hurt. This could be a committee because he is hurt, but I think that. Really, like, Big Ben coming back just moves this offense back to what it was two years ago, and I think that's, that was a fantasy goal of mine two years ago. it doesn't because
0: the line's not there and A.B.'s gone, and I really don't think Juju's, like, an incredible threat without a, with a clear wide receiver one, without one.
3: He's got one. His yeah. name's Deontay Johnson.
2: No. Oh All right. I, hear, I mean, I hear it, though, too. So, I can definitely see the range for sure. All right, next up is David Johnson. How did um, he
3: get this high?
2: Tyler has him at 16. I mean, look. If he you play, plays sixteen you games, adults? Yeah, you do. He's literally typed in as sixteen. Oh, shit. so here's the thing. Twenty-six. <laughs> if David Johnson plays sixteen games, he will finish as a top fifteen fantasy running back. Because if you give him Carlos Hyde's pat rushing work with the touchdown red zone, yeah, they were like one yards like, per carry. More okay, like not like like the, the, the volume, not oh. the not the yards per carry. And then well, they realize the he sucks
3: and they have to use Duke Johnson as a runner, which is well, not his okay. a natural role.
2: Like you to look at it as they wouldn't have traded and got the cap space of David Johnson if they were going to use Duke Johnson. No, no, no. We're not going to pretend like that was a rational trade. <laughs> Bob. what so happens, and I have to accept that it happens. Okay,
3: I accept the trade. Okay, here's my thing with David Johnson. Okay, sucks on the ground. Like, can't run the ball. Hasn't run the ball effectively for like three fucking years. And so <laughs> think
1: about that clip. Sean
3: Watson throws to his running backs at a lower clip than any other quarterback in the NFL. So yeah. why is David Johnson appealing? Oh, plus, plus. like yes,
0: volume, but like what kind of volume? Plus, Duke Johnson didn't leave, so like let's not believe that but there's-
3: they wouldn't have taken David. Johnson like he'll probably get, get like two hundred to plus, plus touches, but they might be the grossest touches of all time. By the for way, for sure.
0: the for the audience' sake, real quick, I spelled uh, thirty four wrong, so that's where David Johnson. Oh, Jesus from. Christ.
2: It helped to fucking look ahead before we started. You've had two of these guys that aren't even close to our top twenty-four that are not. Okay, in our top
0: you get a lot of heat over here. First, and start of the <laughs> All week. right,
2: we'll just move on. Just don't drive David Johnson. Don't do it to yourself. Please like, don't. Please no. do not. Unless like, you're the,
0: like, unless you're unless you're not a sheeple. Counselor, like, think about yeah. this. The last
2: time David Johnson was fantasy relevant was when Gronk was like actually playing. Oh wait, just kidding. He didn't play a full sixteen games, and Aaron Hernandez was still alive. So that's the last thing that really happened when he was playing. Next up, Colin
3: Kaepernick was the starting quarterback last time David
0: Johnson was relevant. True, true. Okay.
2: <laughs> David Johnson up next. Um,
0: so was Jameis, sorry. David Montgomery. So
2: the thing with David Johnson to me is I get the volume is bad last year. I get he was bad on all metrics. I get the David O-line Montgomery. change. But he's not seeing any less volume than he did last year. And I think Nick Foles will just help in the efficiency boost, if you will. Look say you his say name say. right. David Nick
1: Montgomery. Foles.
2: Oh, sorry. David Johnson. Foles. Sorry, right, Big Dick Nick Foles. Can you guys even hear me? Yes,
0: Danny. Yeah, my you. gosh.
2: Hey, I've been lagging so bad. Like, all I right, don't know right. what Danny's lagging. Tyler easy. doesn't have his rankings in, right? It's a great day <laughs> here. All right, so like I was saying, David Montgomery, now the new Nick, Big Dick Nick Foles quarterback. Montgomery finished as RB25 last year. He's not seeing any less volume, and I think the red zone attempts will just go up because, like it or not, Nick Foles will help the efficiency compared to Mitch Trubisky. Even if it goes up by 3%, the efficiency still went up. The offense still got better. So, I mean, I think I'm the highest on him. But that's because I think he'll just see a little bit of a boost and he's going to finish in the top 25 back like he did last year. And I'm just kind of banking on a little bit more touchdown upside for him.
0: David, opportunity. Tyler's RB 23, I'm pretty sure, right? Unless oh, that's me. I, I mean, Unless
2: you wrong. typed it in wrong. Yeah, well, you know,
0: I got him at 23-hour fantasy, bro, so we're feeling good. Uh, I actually like David Montgomery as an upside play. Y'all want to talk about, uh, I want to take the upside guy. Let's go get David Montgomery then. David Montgomery could be key. Nick Foles, well, I think, provides an actual – I think Nick Foles yeah. provides an actual fear in the passing game. LOL, like that exists for Completely the Bears. Agree. Agree. Um, so, I, I think I think teams are going to actually respect the run game a little bit more. Tariq Cohen getting touches at the beginning of the season was an absolute joke last year. Uh, Mike Davis, who – who they bring like, in? Guess, huh? Who? But no one. Like they didn't. Like they did nothing to take away his opportunity, my opportunity, and now he's going to actually get a full slate this year without uh, their dumbass coach saying no. Let's give him time because I I don't get why they do that uh, with rookies.
1: Tell tell me what's the biggest difference aside from injury between David Montgomery and Sony Michelle.
0: In, injury.
2: Um That's enough James me. White, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, Mere Bird, Muhammad Sanu. Rex Burkhead had like forty. Okay, Lucas. Let's not
3: pretend like the Patriots' are no, core is better than the Bears. No, it's
2: not. I think like and your yet, Sonny Michelle argument, yes, makes sense. Totally I did literally the same back. They both have the same like. Yet, One's
3: proven he's actually good in the NFL, and the other one hasn't. No,
2: they both haven't. He ran in three touchdowns from the one-yard line in the fucking Super Bowl. He had like a five-game stretch in the playoffs that he
3: looked good. He yeah, was amazing okay, in the
2: playoffs. But you guys hate Damian Williams. He did the same thing. You welcome Tyler. So I don't care what he did in the playoffs because Damian Williams did the same thing that drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So like I'm I mean I love Clyde Edwards. Yeah, well, Clyde
0: Edwards Hilaire is just a change of pace back. I mean, he's not gonna do anything for him. Yeah, he's probably sure. a special teams That's, player. They gotta have I have literally
3: old takes exposing that any anytime I fucking do. At
1: the it. E- at the end of the day here, you're getting a guy who averaged just over four yards per touch.
2: As a rookie. Wait, wait, wait! Are you arguing this? You have David David Montgomery ranked higher. How? I have him at twenty-seven. Yeah, and Sony Michelle at twenty-eight.
1: Okay, i have him, i a spot higher because <laughs> what of are you arguing? I'm <laughs> arguing that David Montgomery is not the top twenty back that half the people in the fantasy industry want to make him to be. Well, 25 that's, that's
0: also because the team yeah, was twenty-first most- in, in rush attempts, twenty-seventh in yards, and. Twenty fifth okay. red zone percent. He, and and yet he still yeah.
1: had two hundred and sixty seven touches last year. You give an efficient back those touches, they finish top ten. Yeah, because they don't he's really so have rookie.
3: one in the backfield. That's the only problem.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna
2: say like there's, third there's, round no, there's rookie. no other running if, back to give it that.
0: Give that big volume big. To, to Anthony McFarland, see if he can be productive. He won't be. Like that third round rookies, running backs are there for a reason. Like that's okay, why let was, me let
3: me go. Yeah. Let me go on this one. Um All right, I got man. I, I have David Montgomery the second highest, which is kind of weird to me because I'm caught. I feel like I'm the lowest on him, but I mean, to me, I just don't think the offense is going to be good at all. I think it's Nick Foles not. sucks. Like, I don't have think it. he's good. But like, he, he needs like, deny- an elite yeah. offensive line to be good. Newsflash Bears don't have an elite offensive line. He's not in Philadelphia anymore. He's yeah. a long way from Kansas. He, he doesn't know what the he, fuck he's he doing move. out
1: there.
3: He can't move. He can't move. He's, maybe that results in more checkdowns for David Montgomery, which is why I have him where I have him, is I think he just has like a volume floor. But I don't think, again, like the last like eight backs we've talked about, I don't think he has much upside.
0: Well, we all know Lucas likes his corn-fed boys, so there I Iowa yeah. State.
2: I mean, like, okay, I get that he was bad last year. He was still RB25. Nick Foles, like I said, going from, say, what is throw number eight efficiency to ten efficiency is an increase in efficiency. Nick Foles, the, okay, I get I – I, I
3: honestly don't think Nick Foles is much better than I get Carson like Wentz. Mitch Trubisky might beat him out for the job. Like, I don't no, think he's better than they, him.
2: They turned out his fifth-year option, restructured Nick Foles' contract so they can go sign Ted Ginn. And they have money to go sign Warford, Donald Penn, Jason Peters. So, we'll see if anything they're happens. Gonna draft. About...
3: they're going to draft fucking Trey Lance top three next no, year. They're, not they're, not, they're going to they be a sh- shit team.
2: They went 8-8 eight eight last they're year. They're going to be awful. The they're going to be awful.
3: Because...
1: You only draft Trey
2: Lance top three. lost one secondary oh, piece and added Jalen Johnson. So, like, I, there's not much of a difference.
3: Either way. either way, whether the team's good or not doesn't really matter. He's RB23 for me. I expect him to finish at RB23 because he has no upside.
1: The, the only that's upside,
3: the only reason he's there yeah, is he's he, going to get volume that's the only reason the only he's, upside he has no
1: upside
2: the only upside is just like a touch like touchdowns just improving like the, yeah. the team is the he's going to be what jordan
3: better. howard was in 2018 where you wanted to yeah. cohen in that backfield and jordan howard got uh like a couple two touchdown games that were good for dfs players for sure yeah, yeah. yeah
2: i just that one is more like a volume will finish him in that slot and i'm just banking yeah. on a couple more touchdowns that's i would right. not the, draft the, him anywhere yeah, near but, where he's going the, though. The volume is king
1: argument is so overplayed every not
2: year. Like, okay, in terms it's of safety, ranking? maybe not.
3: But in terms of where it's you're going to k- draft them, don't draft volume is king. Well, yeah,
2: yeah. I get the yeah. whole like draft strategy, but we're talking rankings, volume is king and rankings. I
1: get that. But like if you're going to take a David Montgomery, he's probably going to end up being a late third, early fourth round pick by the time season rolls around because everybody on Twitter is going to be hyping him up as that. If he's going around there, whereas you can get a guy like Sony Michelle in like the seventh round, they're the same player except Sony yeah. Michelle has got a little bit more injury risk. That's the none only of this, difference. Between of we're, right
2: we're just talking about rankings, and Dave Montgomery will finish higher. Oh.
1: Yeah, no, I have him ranked to higher higher accordingly. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'd rather I, I take see. guys like Raheem Mostert, who we're going to talk about next, who just present more upside, plain and simple.
2: For sure. All righty. Like Danny said, next up, Raheem Mostert. Our last one of the video. I haven't really updated this yet. I think I'm going to move him down because I kind of went back and looked at it. He wasn't even the starter in any of the playoffs games. It took an insane – like I think it was 13 rushes for like 140 yards and two touchdowns for us to like – I guess you could say buy in or like realize he could be the starter. As much as we don't like it, McKinnon is looking like he's going to be at least healthy for week one. Jeff Wilson's still there. They have three undrafted free agent rookie running backs like – but remember, Kyle Shanahan is the king of undrafted free agent rookie running backs. So, it was just a lot of touches. But he will get the more efficient touches. But will that result in a lot of touchdowns like it did last year? I don't know. So, I think I'll just have him, like, the 30 range. I think the range of outcomes is more likely there compared to, I think, what we saw in the playoffs last year.
0: Yeah, well, we all know playoffs are key. That's why Damian Williams is going to finish as an RB1 this year. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. As we've always
3: said, you always play fantasy leagues in during the NFL. playoffs.
0: <laughs> okay. no, if you're not going through week 19. I don't know what you're doing. Like week 17 is prime playoff push. Uh, so yeah, no, and keeping that in mind. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I'm actually kind of a fan of, in all honesty, I, I think this guy is going to be the core back for the system. Uh, yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. Jericho McKinnon, a threat, LOL. Since when? Um, I don't really back him. Jeff Wilson really is just uh, a part of the rotational. Yeah, uh, touchdowns. Of the I just think Raheem Mostert, I mean, you mentioned, it. I think he's just going to get the more efficient touches. Um, I have him at what, 22, but that's only because I moved uh, Carson lower. I think i have him at like 24 on the sheet or some shit. I don't know. I'm all over the place today, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, but I'm definitely a, Baha. I'm a believer of Raheem Mostert right now. Um, I don't know why. I think he, think he can benefit in the receiving game. And, and yes, the playoff, that's the one thing, I think the reason why I am a little hesitant on him is he, he did not really be efficient or really play as much in the playoffs. Uh, so no, he, really
2: he, he destroyed him. in the playoffs is what I was saying, but he wasn't the starter in any of the games. Like, Coleman was the starter every yeah. single game he was healthy. Like, I don't know why. It's probably because him and Shanahan had a little fanboy Falcons thing going on, but I don't really know what the reasoning was yes, on yeah, that. I mean, still I think Freeman's, Freeman's going to get
1: signed by the Niners. I still
2: think I had going Col-
1: I had Coleman last year he had that one game against Carolina, which basically every team had that one game against Carolina yeah. last year. Other than I that, know. he was pretty useless.
2: Well, yeah, there's just, it's like, I think most separates himself. Like I said, the efficient touches, it's just because they use him. I think in the, like in the, the, the spots of the offense where you could say they're not expecting a run or like they're calling the, the most um, high upside run plays. Like Wilson is the like Wilson vultures red zone touches because they put him in there and no one gives a shit about where he's at on the field and just runs the ball in the end zone. Coleman's just the starter probably because he's the better all-around back. And then, I mean, if McKinnon plays, he's going to be the pass-catching guy What they signed him to be. So, it's just kind of scary. But with that all being said, Mostert did carry them to probably do a Super Bowl in that Packers game. That's true.
0: I mean, that's a for lot sure. of money for a pass-catcher, though. And that's that's the thing. That's, that that's the scary thing, Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they we kept want to them touch on like some game. guys
3: we have in our tw- top 24 that other guys didn't let's quick. do it. One each.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, Go for it. Eddie.
1: Uh, so for me, I have a uh, Kareem hunt here at 21. Again, I've talked about it multiple times. Kareem hunt is going to be one of the best values in, in the draft this year. Plain and simple. He presents a weekend top 24 type back. I mean, we've seen it last year. He was a top 24 back in terms of points per game. They add fancy. There's going to be more volume uh, in that backfield in general. I'm not taking anything away from Chubb. I think both can coexist. And then you're also getting that factor where if anything were to happen to Chubb, Hunt is a top five back. So you're getting a top 24 on standalone value, and you're getting a top five upside if anything happens to Chubb. To me, it's a no-brainer. I am at twenty one. You guys are a little bit lower on him, but I got him at uh, again, twenty
3: five. He's just outside the top twenty four for me.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, love uh, Good pick. Uh, I think I'll roll with uh, with mine. Um, and this is weird because I actually don't really like this guy, but but hell, he's he's relatively high in my rankings. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, not really a fan of him actually. So this is kind of weird, but I do think for this single year, he will provide uh, value. Dynasty, no thanks. I'll pass. Um, I'll be taking guys like Darius Geis and Zach Moss over him, which is gross, but I'll do it. Uh, Mark Ingram is not a guy that's appealing for me in Dynasty. However, in this year, I do think he will take a good brunt of the workload at the beginning, and I still think will consistently hold some value throughout the entire season. In uh, getting him, I think, around his value right now, where people are starting to actually fly up on Dobbins, uh, you're probably getting him to be your fourth running back, which is phenomenal. I'm backing that. Um, and again, not a fan of Mark Ingram. It wasn't last year. I'm not this year. But somehow, I, I just feel like the offense is so efficient in the rush uh, that he he will get get good targets because of the how much uh, Lamar pulls away from. Yeah,
1: to yeah. touch on to touch up on Ingram. Sorry, uh, that's that's a very good point. I, I like Ingram. Sort of uh, Corey's mentioned this a ton. But uh, if you need a back to get you through, like, the first four, five, six weeks maybe, uh, say so you have a younger back that needs time to really take over the offense, like you take, like, a DeAndre Swift or uh, a Cam Akers or something JT like that. JT would be a perfect uh, pair for him. J- JT, another one. Uh, a guy like Mark Ingram is going to give you a safe workload with those weeks and give you a safe floor in case uh, they don't necessarily get to work right away. So, getting uh, Ingram in a value. I know I have him at 30, but, again, this range after, like, the top 20 – can go any way in my opinion so uh with a guy like ingram he he presents a lot of safety in my opinion and if you can get him and like he's probably going to be like a eighth ninth round type pick i have no problem doing that
0: in terms of safety would you consider stacking him with jk dobbins
2: i, I don't would. i don't actually
3: hate it but i don't think it's gonna at this point in the season i don't think it's at any point in the season sorry i don't think it's gonna be like you can confidently start one or the other it
2: like, I I think they both will think, to be honest, will finish his RB2s, like, when it's all said and done in points per game, possibly. Like, I get that they drafted Dobbins, and I'm not saying they did this to be cocky, but this team literally had no other needs. Like, like nothing. They, they filled all their needs, so they might have just taken Dobbins just because for a long-term thing. They put out a whole Roto-World thing, saying they're going to use all three running backs or four if you count Lamar with Gus Edwards. Like, they're not. Gus Edwards would have seen more work. Like he saw work, but, like, 80% of his rushing yards last year came in the games or marking him sat out at the end of the year. So, like, they would have seen more on a uh, per-game basis. I, I just don't think they just, like, stop giving Ingram the ball because they're paying him, like, $6 million a year. So, I think, like, I think they will be strictly 50-50 along with Lamar's rushing to like, where it's going to, like – because Harbaugh's a good coach. They're going to do this because it's hard to stop Lamar add in a running back, and then add in a third running back. Like, you can't game plan for all the different ways they run, all the different things they do. So I think it's more of just a football move. But I think with how good they are running the ball, I think that we'll have three really good fantasy assets.
3: Yeah, I'll uh, get into my guy. Everyone's heard me talk about him already. It's uh, it's Ronald Jones. To me, him not being in the top 24 is all blasphemous by you guys. Someone has him in the 40s, which is disrespectful. That um, I guess, As I said for Melvin Gordon, 93% of the time an RB gets 250-plus touches and six touchdowns, they finish top 15. Guess what? Ronald Jones had 200 touches last year, and he's going to have more this year. He's going to have 250-plus. He's a lock for 250-plus, in my opinion.
0: Who has some at 40? Is that me?
3: He's also probably going to have 8 yeah. to 10 to 12 touchdowns because yeah. he's going to be so, in one of the top five not, offenses in the NFL.
2: The thing, The thing with this to me is, like, Okay, one, Keisha Vaughn, like, as much as you guys like Vaughn, he's a fucking terrible running back. It was just a, whoa, whoa. He's a terrible running back. Oh, he's yeah. a terrible running back. Like, he's, he's nothing – Ronald Jones is better than he's Keisha He's Andre Vaughn.
3: fucking Ellington. Remember no, Arizona yeah. used to have yeah, Andre, Andre Ellington? That's what Keisha Vaughn one
2: thing, The one thing I think people are forgetting about, and that's why I just, I just want to bring it up, because I, I could easily see him finishing as this because they could just say Brady, hand the ball off in the red zone. You guys harp on the whole pass blocking thing. Dare Ogumubali was the best pass blocker on that team with oh, the most reps. You're standing, Dare
3: Ogumbawale, aren't you? Yeah, but Keyshawn Vaughn with, was more efficient with
2: the most teams. reps. He had the most reps, and Keyshawn Vaughn, as much as you said that, I had the numbers somewhere. He actually was—he was like average in pass blocking in college. Like, like someone ran the numbers and like the efficiency and like the PFF effort. grades.
0: Effort, effort is what makes pass blocking work.
2: Ronald Jones yeah. has effort. He just yeah. has mental mistakes in terms Ronald,
0: of. His Jones was, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones so like.
3: A- I guess. He I just makes mental mistakes. Out there. That's the only thing that Rojo does wrong. He's not. It's not like he doesn't care about pass you What I guess. Just
2: what I guess I mean is that if you guys are harping on run blocking, like why don't you give the best run blocker on the team with the most run blocking reps the praise that he deserves? I guess is kind of what I'm saying. So that's he's right why. You about the best. So like, I want like, to see
3: Dario Gumbawale ahead in your rankings.
2: <laughs> no, like I'm not saying like <laughs> yeah. he's going to finish higher, but I'm saying like I just don't see. Like if he harps on running like if he harps on pass blocking, pass blocking, we you saw Onguimbale be the first, like the primary, like pass catching running back, like is that is that gonna change? I I would think if you're a smart. You coach, on you're I, I think they're all to
3: be honest, I think they're all gonna kind of split the the re- primary receiving part. back role yeah. because they're all kind of similar. Like they're like they're all kind of like fun in their own way as receivers. Yeah. None of them are like dynamic by any means, but they all can do things well. Rojo's great for screens and and stuff like that because these explosive Vaughn's probably good for like more like route stuff. And then Ogunbawale is kind of dynamic, like with uh, um, like split when he split out wide and stuff. So I, sure. I honestly just think that Ronald Jones is by far the safest guy in this backfield. He got 172 carries last year with all the things that happened with all the inconsistencies. He finished as like a back end like RB two, I think, or like an early RB three or something like that. And he's only going to have an, incre- an increased role because Peyton Barber is gone. So I don't understand why he's going behind some of the guys he's going behind. Like I, Keyshawn Vaughn is going ahead of him in redraft. Do not pick Keyshawn yeah, that's crazy. Vaughn that's crazy. ahead of Ronald Jones in redraft. In Dynasty, fine. But in redraft, do not pick him ahead of – Actually, in Dynasty, it's also not fine. But you know what I'm saying. I can understand it. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I'm going to have a bold prediction on Notorious's channel around this time. And I'm going to say Ronald Jones finishes top 15 because I think it's going to happen based
2: on the volume I think he's going to get. All I don't, I don't have anyone that's, like, in the top. I mean, I have Mark Ingram. Um, a couple of guys I have kind of low, I guess I guess Rojo. I just don't know what to freaking make of that backfield. Um, yeah, I have Swift well, at 33. Yeah, well. I just think people are buying into the whole draft capital narrative of Swift and on Johnson just picked six picks later in the same uh, round. Um, Swift is the elite pass catcher, but he only had eight more catches than on Johnson in his best yeah. season. So I'm kind of just like – I don't know. Another backfield I'll just avoid in general. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we did throw in Cam Akers. He'll probably move into my top 24 when I move Mostert down, I think. I think I'm just going to buy into the – Oh,
0: shit. I should have mentioned Cam. He was, in,
3: he was very – Yeah. So, we have Singletary 24 and a half, too. We should probably mention him.
2: Yeah. I just I just think that they wouldn't have taken Zach Moss. If they, like – you. they said they're going to take the Frank Gore role. okay. Okay. But Zach Moss is way better than Frank Gore. I think overall he might just eat into a little more than we thought last year. Um, But all in all, I mean, any of these guys could finish in the 17-24 to range and we wouldn't, like, be shocked by any means. We'd just be like, okay, and just move on with it.
0: Yeah, no, Lucas' breakout candidates. Damian Williams. So, guys, that's going to conclude our video. If you made it this far, I'm impressed. I'm so impressed. I thought it would be cool that you'd leave a comment down below so I can say how impressed I am with you. You're a phenomenal human being. Like, dislike, subscribe, hit the bell. Definitely do that. It's been fun. It's been phenomenal. I've worn two glasses this episode, guys. Any closing remarks?
1: Yeah. Uh, by Too the bad, way, just Danny. So...
0: Good night, guys. Hey,
1: hey. Just well... sorry, uh, not wearing the bandana today. At
3: my
0: dad, my that out.
1: Yeah. Comment
3: down mm-hmm. below if you made it to this far in the video. Say if you noticed that Danny was wearing a bandana or not wearing a
0: bandana this episode.
1: Am I frozen on your guys screens cuz I no, you guys are not
0: you guys hear-